Welcome to Reservations. We're your hosts. I'm Rain Whalen. And I am afraid of Virginia Woolf. Oh, fuck. How are you, Rain? Way to shoehorn in the It was the great. I got, I got the idea today. <laughs> I was Jesus like, that's, I think that's going to be my introduction. Because uh, at the very end, you know, it's... Uh, anyway, we'll get there. But uh, <laughs> And to answer your question, I'm fine. Uh, I hope great. everyone enjoyed uh, their New Year's. Because now we are officially in 2020. 20. 20. I, I was told today that if I ever signed any uh, legal documents, mm-hmm. which I was like, why would I be signing any legal documents? Mm-hmm. The, uh, they were they told me uh, not to abbreviate the year, like not to just put 20 mm-hmm. because they'll think you didn't finish. Well, they could go in and change it to a later date. <gasps> oh, that's a really good they point. Because they could put 18 at the end. Oh, be like, yeah. That's um, a really good point. I, I, you know what? I didn't think about that. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's kind of sketch if they're going to do that anyway. The spreadsheet will automatically do it for you. If yeah. you put 20, it'll put 2020. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's crazy. I've never thought about that. And now I'm going to have to put the whole day down. I know. That's a good, that, that's good <laughs> advice, Rain. Hey, look at you. <laughs> well, I wasn't even, uh, it wasn't even my idea. I was, uh, huh. uh, my, my friend Jazz from work, she was like, yeah, be sure you do that. I'm like, oh, why would I be signing legal documents, though, <laughs> or important documents? Um, but yeah, we hope everyone had a, a safe New Year's. What did you do for New Year's? Oh, nothing. I didn't do anything. Um, that's not true. What did I do? I, I did watch. Did you? Did I you, watched movies. Did you dress up as the Great Gatsby and I didn't crash a no, party? No, actually, of, no. A crash, lot of you would, you'd be Nick Carraway crashing a party. Right, I would be Nick Carraway. Um, what, Toby McGuire, Nick Carraway. Um, <laughs> I've, I've actually never seen that one. I've only seen, never seen the that? Robert Redford one. Dude, yeah. okay, don't be mad at me. It's too late. <laughs> I um, every time you start a sentence that way, I'm guaranteed <laughs> to be mad at you. Um, I I try to watch the Robert Redford one because mm-hmm. like so after I saw the Boz Lerman. Oh, are you going to say that it's boring? It is boring. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Okay. Cool. So I'm not mad at you. Okay, I got so, like ten minutes in. I'm like. Oh, well, it's because me. the fucking book is boring. And so well, the book like, is great. Oh my god, you're out it, of your it mind. It starts with a message from F. Scott Fitzgerald saying, This is not Hey man. Well what, not him. What did Scott Fitzgerald ever do to you, man? Um You're, you just said fuck Scott Fitzgerald. Who? You just said F Scott Fitzgerald. Did what did he ever do to you? Um well, nothing. He didn't do anything to me. He did everything to America. Well, you just American said, literature. Well, I, mean, you just said I get the joke. joke you're making, Jeremy. Uh, right. I'm shout just, out to I'm, Ted too. Um, I'm just choosing to ignore you. Wow. <laughs> First time that's ever happened. <laughs> Usually it's the other way around. But see, I so anyway, let me finish my story. Yeah. I watched Boz Lerman's Great Gatsby, started reading the book, and then when I heard about the Robert Redford one, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I want to watch that. And I got 10 minutes in. I was like, oh, this is boring. Yeah. And then I turned it off. Yeah. And then I watched Leonardo DiCaprio say uh, old sport 137 times. Oh, Jesus, I know. I um, just, just, I straight up tried to count it one time, bro. I lost track after about. It's just beating you over the head with it. And it's just so I, obnoxious. Uh, I lost track after about, I want to say 65. That's a I lot. I was like, oh, hey, where am I? Oh, fuck. Uh, it's too much. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm just not a fan of the story. So it's. Um, I don't know. But doesn't matter. Today, thank God, we're not doing a great Gatsby. <laughs> uh, uh, we are doing part three of our stage to screen uh, series. Yes. And of course, today is who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. You know, when you told me uh, when you said prepare to be uncomfortable. Yeah. I wasn't. 
suspecting what I saw. I was like, okay, so Jeremy said, uh, get ready to be uncomfortable. Like, okay, you know, maybe like like Joker uncomfortable. You know, no. I felt very uneased when I saw Joker. No, then I got it. I was like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. And like, I'm texting Ashen, like, this is so awkward. And she, I'm sure she thought it, me saying it as like, like the the movie itself was awkward. I was like, no, what's happening is so awkward and it's making me yep. physically uncomfortable. And she was like, what's happening? And I'm like, I can't describe it's, it to you. It's, it's complicated. Yeah. What's happening on screen is complicated. And so uh, to me, it's a career best for Elizabeth Taylor. So uh, – this is the only movie of hers I've ever seen. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad I may watch Cleopatra now. You know, oh, everyone okay. says that that's amazing. Yeah, that was before uh, before this. Actually, that's where Mike Nichols met both Elizabeth Taylor and, and Richard, Richard Burton. Burton. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they were friends before that. We should say Mike Nichols is the director. It is his directorial debut. Okay. Um, yeah. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Yeah, I read that today, um, last night. And. Uh, right after this, he hit another home run with The Graduate. And so... Oh. Oh. oh that's right. The, the Dustin Hoffman Dustin Hoffman. That's right. Um, anyway, so uh, he actually also knew uh, George Siegel. They had done some plays together also. Okay. And so I think the only person he didn't know was Sandy Dennis, and who cares? So well, didn't... <laughs> Sandy plays Honey, correct? Yes. Yeah, Sandy is Didn't honey. she win an Oscar as well? I don't know. I feel like I read that both women won an Oscar. They were probably nominated both. Well, Richard, I oh, no, I, I, Elizabeth Taylor won. Yeah. I read that she she definitely won the Oscar for Best Actress. Mm-hmm. Plus, the movie got four other Oscars. It is the last movie to be nominated for black and white cinematography. Really? Yeah. They no longer did that after. Which is you know, after sixty-seven. Off mic, I asked you. You know, it's sixty-six. Yeah. Why is it black and white? And my answer is because of her makeup. Yes. Um, so she, how, how old was Elizabeth Taylor supposed to be? Uh, she was supposed to be in her... You're supposed to be in like, I'm assuming they're late, late 40s. 50s. Oh, oh. I, I was going to say like mid 50s maybe. Oh, okay. Um, that makes more sense. Because Richard Richard Burton is older than she is. Not, not a whole lot older, but still older, right? Um, and so he could pull it off a little bit more than she can. Yeah, uh, she. Look- I mean, she was gorgeous back then. I mean, she was 32 at the time. Uh-huh. And um, all she need. I mean, they did give her some lines and some wrinkles. And uh, but if they had done it in color, you'd be able to really tell uh-huh. that it was makeup and not her skin, not her face. Yeah, I'll be honest. The whole time I was watching, I was like, "There's no way she she was this old by this time." Yeah, and she wasn't. Yeah, because it. I will say the black and white did. Add to her face. It helps. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually kind of glad it was in black and white now. Now that I know. Well, and I was listening to the commentary last night, and it was with Mike Nichols and Steven Soderbergh. Well, Um, yeah, because Elizabeth Taylor passed away in 2011. She did. But this was, I think, before that because Mike Nichols has also since passed away. Well, I think the youngest person to – well, I say youngest person. The person to pass away the soonest was Richard Burton in 84, I believe. Yes. Yes. Uh, Richard Burton was the first one to pass away. And the last one is George Segal because he's still alive. Uh, He's actually the only living cast member. That's Nick, right? Yes. He plays Nick. And if you guys um, are fans of the Goldbergs out there, he is the grandfather in the Goldbergs. Um, 
He was also in Just Shoot Me and a whole bunch of other stuff. Also, uh, if anyone uh, needs help understanding what we're going to get into, <laughs> as me and Jeremy just watched, watch uh, season two, episode one of American Dad, <laughs> Camp Refugi. Uh, Roger and Francine make references they to this do. movie. Uh, they uh, And they do it. I mean, it's a pretty good job. Um, yeah. There's also a really good, <laughs> a, a really very bizarre Saturday Night Live sketch. Where they do a, it? A couple of years ago where they're hamsters and there are four hamsters in this cage and they're doing Who's Afraid of Virginia That's Wolf. That's fucking awesome. It, it is that. so bizarre. Um, <laughs> and I really love that. So, uh, so anyway. To give you a brief synopsis. Yes. And I will let you do this because I tried to explain it to Ashley when she got home and I was like, I was like, I'm just going to tell you exactly what happens. It's a, it's a simple enough premise. Yeah. Um, a, a, a middle-aged couple uh, are having um, late... Late night drinks with a younger couple. Okay. Right. Uh, this couple, you know, in their very early. Uh, no, because Nick is not. Nick is in his late 20s. Yeah, and he's Honey is in her mid 20s. And so these these people are in their 50s. These people are in their 20s. There's about a 30 year gap uh, between them. Uh-huh. And um, the older couple decides to torture the younger couple. Um, by torturing themselves. Right. Uh, or each other. They're basically playing mind games, right? Yes. Because there are glimpses into that into their relationship that they do actually love each other. And they, they yes. do care for one another. Um, but you can tell that they're not going to give this up. Now, I will say the most confusing thing about the plot is the imaginary child, and we're going to talk about that. Yes. Because it is the – when I saw it the first time, I was way too young. I was in high school. I didn't get it. You know, I loved it because I, was, I loved dialogue. Yeah. When, when, when they were starting to explain it, I was like, I'm like, okay. And I can't explain it. But it's – but it is complicated the first time you watch it. The yeah. first time you watch it, you're like, what the hell are they talking about? And in the original script – the child was real, and really? I mean, which is a which is a crazy change from now, the original source material. So, so before we get into that, so mm-hmm. the movie was based on a play. Yes, Edward Albee's "Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf," which I'm assuming was based on a book, right? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. it was a play. Yeah, so it was a play, then a book, and then a movie. From what I read, it was a book. Yes, and I think that it, it was probably just a a published. Um, script yeah. from the play. I okay. can only imagine, yeah. You mean like uh, what J.K. Rowling did? Yes. Yes. With uh, the Harry the Potter and the Cursed yeah. Child. Mm-hmm. Um, I can only imagine it was like that. I, I didn't do a whole lot of research on that. I just saw that there was a book. Okay. And uh, so and so they were going to change a little bit from it, but then well, w- so when doing the there movie? There are things that they had to change. Okay. So this is a very important film in film history right. where this is right after um, the Hollywood code era. So okay. this is where we switch from codes to the MPAA all right, oh. in terms of film rating. So this was the first film ever to have a parental advisory saying that really? no child should be accompanied unattended from an, by an adult. Like they, they have to have an adult to see this movie. Really? Yes. Truthfully, not that bad. No, but it's really intense, and there is some language, right, and some 
innuendo. suggestive, yes, some innuendo yeah. and some suggestive dialogue like hump the hostess and things like that. Yeah. Right. And so. Okay. I can um, see that now. Now in the play, when George is about to open the door and as he opens it, uh, you hear Elizabeth Taylor say, God damn you. Right. Uh-huh. Um, that's not what she said. <laughs> so if the camera were on Elizabeth Taylor, uh, you would have saw her mouth say, screw you. Right. Oh, yeah. Which you can't say in 1966. Yeah. In 1966, screw you was the well, fuck you that we have. Well, now. and later uh, in the 2005 revival of the play, they do say fuck you uh, in the play. Oh, OK. But uh, in the play at the time, it's, it was screw you. But well, yeah. the code was like, uh-uh. Well, yeah, absolutely not. Because you know, screw you. Like, like I said, well, was... and my mom would argue, "God damn you!" Was so much worse. Oh, absolutely. Right? <laughs> but at the time, no, it was not. Yeah, no, yeah. So yeah, screw you was as bad as fuck you. Yeah, and so now they do use the term screw, and of course, hump the hostess and things like that later on. Right. But that one was just too harsh, and they wanted that taken out. <laughs> so, so she had to um, over. Overdub herself and That's say, "God damn you!" So you can kind of tell that it's it's not a live thing. So what you're saying is, it's like it was put uh, in afterward. It's like Sigourney Weaver in Galaxy Quest. Yes, you can clearly see her saying "fuck that." Yeah, but because who did Galaxy Quest? Uh, That's a great question. Twenty Century Fox. I don't fucking know. They wanted it to be it kid friendly, and so she had to dub over with "screw that." Yes. I never saw that until, like, I watched a video, and they're like, yeah, you can clearly see her saying, "Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So it is a similar situation, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, and so we get this we get this shift in film ratings. Unfortunately, they went with <laughs> Jack Valenti and the MPAA, uh, which has its own horrible issues. And weren't you saying when we visited set that he's uh – Shaking his fist at us from hell? Yes. Uh, he is definitely in hell. Um, because he invented the MPAA. The MPAA is the... is The the Motion Picture... Association of America. And now I think it's just the Motion Picture Association. Now I think it's just MPA. Um, Even though the commercials that play before the movies now are... They still say MPAA. No, they. Do. I, I went to the movies recently. Oh, they that's do say right. MPA. That's right. Yeah. They, do, they do. They do. Just say. MPA I went to go see Uncut Gems, which uh, the staffer right is that Stad Stad for anyway. Fucking new. Those brothers owe a debt to this movie, really, because Good Time and Uncut Gems is just like this. Really? Yes. It is this overlapping dialogue that's just chaos, and it just it fills you full of anxiety. Yeah, a guy I work with. Said he loved it. It was great, and he was like, "But dude, he was like, I don't have anxiety, but I was like, you oh have my to catch god." Breath. And I, you know, and like this, you know, when it crescendos, oh dude, yeah. And usually it ends with a violent outburst, right? Mm-hmm. Either towards something like a, a broken glass or something or someone, right? And then whew, we get to catch our breath. It's over, but then it doesn't let us breathe for long because no, then no. we're back up, right? And the reason it does that is because we can't, we can't, for lack of a better word, appreciate the tense times if we didn't have some calm ones too, right? right. Um, so, so what you're saying is if 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 Mike Nichols would have just kept intensity, intensity, intensity the whole time, yeah, it, it probably you know we think it wouldn't have been as as powerful. I think you would have gotten used to it. Oh, uh, and, and so by the end of the movie. 
the ending we get, you would just been like, oh, okay. Yeah, you would have been kind of numb to it, I think, at that time. But okay. it, it has to let you go for a second, and, at least. And once again, this was a movie that took me from I was laying on the couch, very comfortable, to mm-hmm. sitting up. Yeah. To I was on the edge of the couch. I was literally rubbing my face. I was yeah. like, oh my god. <laughs> like, and I don't. I don't have restless feet, but I, I was – no one can see me doing it, but I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, yeah. oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah. It's crazy. Now, we should mention that uh, – I don't know if we've already mentioned it. Um, oh, we'll do it again. But sure. Uh, <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton were married at the time. We did not mention that um, on mic. Okay, great. So they were married at the time. This is their first marriage. Uh, we're right in the middle of it at this time in 1966. Mm-hmm. Um, is that why they got cast together well, Elizabeth Taylor at first didn't want to do it. Okay. Um, because, I mean, she doesn't – this is the fourth of 11 movies she's done with Richard Burton, right? Um. And so it's not that she has a problem doing things with Richard Burton. That's not a big deal. It's that, you know, she just felt like she was too young and, you know, she didn't feel like she'd be right for it. And Makes since sense. Mike – was a friend of hers he kind of pushed her and was like hey man I think you'd be really good at it right and of course career best right Mm. in my personal opinion and in hers um she also says that this is her best uh movie she's ever done really yeah this is the best acting she's ever done well I mean it was very impressive especially when I learned that she was from London I never knew that yeah, and uh, Richard Burton got a lot of flack for using his accent. Yeah, I was about to because she she puts on an accent, right? Or has she by this time lost her accent? That's a great question. I don't know. I don't know a lot about Elizabeth Taylor actually. Um, God damn it! I didn't watch that <laughs> that Lifetime uh, Lindsay Lohan movie. About, oh my God! They did a Lifetime. Yeah, and it was uh, about Elizabeth and Richard. Yeah, and. Does Lindsay Lohan play Elizabeth, Elizabeth Taylor? Taylor? Oh, my God. No. Jesus Christ. I know. Isn't that crazy? Who plays Richard Burton? I do not remember, <laughs> which means no one I know. Because I, I was just like, Liz- I was like, Lindsay Lohan? Like, what? nope. That's crazy town. So. Um, I actually like that Richard Burton used his real accent. I, I do, too. I, I, you know, I, he was, since he was older mm-hmm. at the time, um, Mike said he uh, in the commentary said he had a hard time with memorization okay and so when he had to do the um where is it i wrote it down um the bergen monologue where he's uh, outside he's leaning on the tree and he's giving this monologue which eventually we find out is a book he tried to publish publish right um that the the exposure was was off by a lot. Like, it was way too bright. Okay. But he nailed it, right? This is like the fifth take or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was talking, and Mike Nichols was talking to the cinematographer, and he was like, listen, he's not going to do it again. <laughs> he's not going to do better than that. So we need to fix this. You know, and so they actually did a really good job making it, um, it looked- look like nighttime but really it looked like high noon apparently when they were <laughs> when actually filming it yeah That's, i mean it looked i mean it looks great too, it I mean, looks great right i mean and so even though it was still old school film stock and you know old school cinematography they could still go back and fix that right right you know and and you know i'm, I'm glad you kind of brought that up about the the bergen um did I say that right? Yeah, because it, I think it's supposed to be bourbon, right? oh. but in the in the story, it's Bergen. Right. Right. 
Um, I'm glad you brought that up because, like, <clears throat> that was something that I caught on to uh, during the the bar scene. Yes, the roadhouse. That that everything that they've been telling this couple, none of it's genuine. No, it's all fabricated. Yeah, and that's what I was like. They're they're doing it to one up the other person. Yeah, to 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 poke at the other ones. Push their buttons to use this poor couple as a way of one-upping each other. Yeah, as a you know, as much as I kind of I didn't really want to talk about the parodies and stuff, but the outrageousness of the parodies help you understand the actual source material, right? Right. It helps you understand that. What they're saying usually is contradictory, doesn't match up. By that, you know, it, and it also helps you understand the imaginary child. Right. Yes. Right. So because – and Steven Soderbergh brought this up in the commentary where he's like, you know, it's it's tough to even take that seriously because they don't act like someone who has children. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, these George and Martha – don't seem like the parental types. Yeah, and you know, when I was starting to, I was like, man, this kid's life must be hell. Mm-hmm. But then, as the movie was progressing, I was like, okay, because I was trying to figure out the truth. You know, yeah, and you know, and it's not, and it's not a play like this is way different from the other two that we've done because there's not something to figure out. Yeah, there's not any ambiguity. There's not a gotcha sort of a deal with it. It's just, you know, it is what it is, yeah. right? And, it, you know, there's – obviously there's a lot to discuss, um, but there is no sort of puzzle to put together. Right. Um, you know, they even they even say it. I mean, he goes um, – and you kind of pick up that they were not able to have children, right? Yeah. And so to fill that void – they have created this imaginary one. Yes. And what is the one rule, Rain? Don't talk about Don't it with other people. Talk about it with other people. Right. Now, why is that? I would think it's a little bit of maybe like, I don't know, shame. Maybe yeah, it's like, you know You don't want to be judged. This is yes, it this is silly that we have to make up someone to feel whole. Right. right. Why would we share that with anybody else? Right. And so when Martha brings it up to Honey, and I love the the shot of Honey on the stairs because they are talking about her. And she can hear them. And she waits. <laughs> and she waits till they're done. And it's almost like you are the director and you're about to tell her, okay, now. You know. Yeah. Now you can go. Because she's literally waiting for her cue to come back in the living room. Um, and so uh, when she comes back in, then she mentions, hey, you know. Uh, yeah, she it's was your just, son's birthday or something. Yeah, your son's birthday's tomorrow. He's going to be 16. And, yeah, and I love and George's the look like, on his face. What? Yeah, I'm sorry. And so um, as the night progresses, he does decide that he's going to kill him, you mm-hmm. know. And, you know, and. Um, I wanted to bring this up. Yeah. Maybe you could agree with me or not. I don't care. I mean, you know, that's that's why we've been doing this for so long is because we don't agree on stuff. No. Um, 
But as I was explaining it to Ashley, um, you know, when George decides he's going to kill, mm-hmm. quote unquote, kill the son, you know, it's a way to to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how I described it to Ashley. But then I was thinking about it. And there are no winners in this. No. Not even, not even George. Technically, yes, George won. Mm-hmm. But in that final shot, he even is acknowledging, I, I'm not, I, no one won. Yeah. Would you, would you agree to that? I would. Um, it is, it does feel like a competition, the whole movie. Oh, absolutely. Right. And Especially it, in the, when they get back to the house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. So that was crazy, right? And it's it's almost like, you know, it's hard to tell what's genuine, mm-hmm. like, when they're having a real argument. Right. Because it's almost like they do this all the time. Like, they yeah. invite people over and they fuck with them for hours, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, let's pretend to be horrible to one another. And, you know, I think you can tell when it's genuine when they're by themselves, I guess, because when they're outside of the roadhouse, they have that argument. Um, And it seems very almost more volatile than the arguments they've been having in front of them. And that was Richard Burton's fault. Uh, He pushed her too hard into the car. Really? And so she actually hit her head on the car and she was trying not to cry. (laughs) And she was still in character and she was still delivering the lines. And so it just seemed way more tense because, you know, she was... uh, Oh, shit. Yeah, it really scared her, you know. Um, That was... uh, Thank you to uh, Mike Nichols for telling me that. Uh, I do do like their declaration of total war on each other. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. I know. It's like, oh, fuck. Like, what, what, what's about to happen now? Yeah, because, you know, when, when they're in the roadhouse, and which I wrote this down because I really liked the, the sort of, you know, limited use of the handheld camera. Uh-huh. So... We don't really get a whole lot of handheld, but we're in the roadhouse. We do, and I think it's to show sort of their their increase in inebriation. Yeah. Number one, and uh, number two, it's getting real tense real fast because even the car ride there <laughs> is—I mean, everything's tense, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, when I think I had mentioned this last week, but I had to write a paper on it uh-huh. uh, for college. And it was actually about the the subject matter and the the beginning of the MPAA and the the sort of parental advisory stuff, whatever. Um, and I had I had to keep pausing it just yeah. to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> because when I would write papers on movies, I would have it playing while I wrote it, but not with this one. I had to just keep pausing it and write because I couldn't do both. Because yeah. I, my heart rate would just rise yeah. so much. Yeah. And it didn't matter how many times you watch it. It it couldn't matter less because anytime you watch it, it's just as tense as the last time. Yeah. It, you don't get over it. Man. And, and, and the thing – man – now I should mention in the play it's all in the living room. Right. Yeah, yeah they couldn't. I'm sure they couldn't leave. No. Yeah. And I mean, technically, you can do another set in a play. It's, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's completely harder. possible, but yeah, it's, it's just, just harder. They to, don't. And yeah. so another difference, which I think is more powerful in the film than it would be on stage, is when George gets the quote umbrella, 
Um, oh, yeah. You don't, you just see him leave and he comes back in the play, obviously, because you can't follow him into the, but you really get to see his, um, his, his shame, his embarrassment, his rage. As he's walking into And while the- he stays in the closet for a second and then grabs the gun and goes I- out, yeah. I was like, is he grabbing a gun? Yeah. No. And then you see, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. And so I was, I know he said there's nothing to try to figure out, but I was trying to figure out the plot. I was like, okay, is this really happening? Is this happening in his mind? Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, 1960s weren't really known for having these kind of surrealistic Mm -hmm. uh, visions. And then like... When they all see the gun, I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, God. Yeah. And then the umbrella. Yeah. I was like. (sighs) Yeah. Um, I think that's more powerful in the film. Yeah. Right. Uh, Because they can show you that. And there's a lot of shots that are meant for you to have empathy for a certain person. And it's always the person listening. So we'll see uh, Nick talking to Martha on the couch. But we see Honey in this three shot and she's in focus. It was a, it's a really interesting shot because all three of them are in focus basically. Yeah. But we watch her listening and Mm -hmm. we're supposed to empathize with honey. And the same thing goes with George. We can see George sitting at his desk in the corner while Martha is saying these horrible things about him. Right. Mm -hmm. That, that he's dull, that he's stupid, that he's weak. (laughs) You know, and, you know, and I love that very early on in the in the film, they establish who they are. Yeah. Very early on, that George is not necessarily, I wouldn't say beaten down. Well, I would say beaten down. He is beaten down, but not defeated, you know? Yeah. And she's the bitch. Very, she's pretty terrible, yeah. Very early on, you know, with the whole, like, you know, where, where does where, where does that line come from? Mm-hmm. What line, Martha? Oh, yeah. Um, what a dump. You know, th- that picture. And then, oh, and what was killing me was she's so sorry. It's a point of contention with me. <laughs> and my wife knows it because she does it. Is okay. My wife. Go ahead. So, salting something is fine. Okay. Oh, you were watching her, uh, the chicken. Resalting something is fucking disgusting <laughs> especially if it's something that's already salty and so when she resalts the chicken leg I was yeah. like oh my god yeah and that's when they were still trying to figure out what Betty Davis movie yeah that and, they were and, and then that brings there me is to my... an answer by the way um, and I should have wrote it down it's in the trivia on IMDB wow um, but because I w- it, that was also killing me because I never really thought about oh I wonder if that's a real movie they're talking about and it is um, but you know, but that brings me to back to the point of you know resolving them, <laughs> of establishing who Martha is because she's still berating George. What is this while she's eating this chicken yeah. and her mouth full of chicken? Another great example of movie eating. I mean, it's really good. You know, it's not these little bitty bites she's taking. She's eating the whole thing. I know. You know, which I which I really and it's appreciate. cold chicken by the way. It was she pulls cold. Yeah. It out of the fridge. It's cold. My mom really likes cold chicken. I can't I've argue. Heard cold chicken's good. I mean, I've had cold chicken. I, I don't like cold meats, so it's yeah. hard for me to. Eat. I mean, if I had to eat cold meats, it would be chicken. Welcome back to the the cold meats podcast. I would never because I hate. Cold <laughs> 
<laughs> I would never be a part of that. But no, yeah. But see, that was bothering me. But I'm like, but, but I get what you're saying. But they're establishing who she what is. A very strange hang up you have. I would have never thought about re-spicing anything, dude. As being okay, problematic. Like, if me. it's already salted and seasoned, like, why would you add more? Like I get it. Like that's how you get <laughs> high cholesterol. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's one thing. In the 60s, they cared about it was high cholesterol. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm just oh kidding. Oh, my God. So. It bugs. It is. It. 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 It, oh, it, it already has salt on it. Why would you? Why? And like, okay. Sorry. Like, okay. Wow. Especially if something is already salty. Like wow. chicken. Wow. Chicken is already salty. Why would you put more salt? Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Now, the only thing that deserves to be salted. Oh boy, here we go. At all. Holy shit. Is tortilla chips. This is my favorite thing in the whole life. Fresh out. You do this. My wife is looking at me. This when is. When tortilla chips come out of the fryer <laughs> and you go to a Mexican restaurant, they never salt them, then it's okay to salt them. Because not all potatoes are salty. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm not <sighs> joking when I say that he is, oh this God. is all genuine rage coming from Yeah, the levels right are like. Are crazy. Jesus. So it's, that was insane. And I didn't realize how crazy you are, but that's fine. Um, it's it's a point of contention with I, me, I dude. Got, dude. It's, it's You why? don't have to prove anything to me why anymore. Why would you do it? I don't know. She's but nuts. I, but. But the point that I'm bringing up is that she's eating this chicken, mouthful of chicken, and still like... Oh, yeah. She did talk with her mouthful a few times. You know, and, and so back to my original point is they're, they're establishing who Martha is yeah. without, as you put it, and now I've learned to look, watch for it and hate it as well, is spoon feeding. Spoon feeding, yeah. Um, and they're establishing who George is, you know, with his whole, I, I don't know, Martha. Yeah, I don't know. How, how, how should I know? Especially in the part where they go to the bedroom mm-hmm. and she jumps on his back. And, and sings. And he's like, yeah, I, I thought it was okay. Yeah. You know, and then you then you notice that as you're saying, that genuine care for each other yeah, because in that he, brief little moment. They do he does make her laugh uh during that that scene in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Uh and that's a very small, quick moment. And then after that, it's, it's yeah, a while before we see it again. Yeah, I, I, t- I, I told Ashley, I was like, you know, I was texting her, I was like, oh my god, the their relationship just relationship just imploded now, on itself. Yeah, but maybe it didn't. And so um again the commentary was very helpful. Um because it, you know it's sort of like they want the other one to be better. Right? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, so they actually do love each other very much. It's just they they're pushing the other person to be better than they are now. Uh, they both do that. And so it's it's sort of a very strange form of, of love that, yeah, they, that especially, they share. Especially, like, as you mentioned, especially when they're alone. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, so like, you know, when, when so I want, because I want to, I really want to talk about the, the final act. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily in the movie, but the final act of what Martha does that finally sets George off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they leave 
she leaves George at the roadhouse and picks up Nick and Honey and takes them back to their house and Martha begins to <clears throat> have relations with Nick mm-hmm. while Honey is drunkenly asleep in the back of the, in car, the car. Which I was like, that's fucked up. Yeah. But, you know, and you can see that Martha's winning, mm-hmm. you know, and George is almost going to accept that, you know, when he start he starts hysterically laughing but crying simultaneously. Yeah. Is he's because of her jacket, her or her whatever uh-huh. uh is on the, the, the banister. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell that he's about to accept defeat mm-hmm. until Honey says, Well the bell rang. And then he gets the idea of To kill the, the son, son, right? Um and then you know Martha berates Nick about yeah. As I told you, I was gonna make this joke about whiskey dick. Yeah, because <laughs> Nick's got it. Nick's got it. Yeah, but you know what? He's been drinking for ten hours. He, oh my god! Could you imagine? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I couldn't imagine. I can't imagine being somewhere that long that when I get home it's two thirty. <laughs> I know, dude. And I'm supposedly young and spry, and I I can't. I know, man. I can't imagine that. So. Um, but the part I'm talking right, about yeah, is the, the, this beautiful, and I think it is very beautiful, this beautiful monologue that Elizabeth Taylor gives as Martha about how she does genuinely love George mm-hmm. and that he does everything he can to make her happy, even though she doesn't want happiness, mm-hmm. but secretly deep down wants it. And George provides that. And <clears throat> he keeps up with the games as fast as she can change them. And it, and I think it's, it's this gorgeous monologue about how she does genuinely love him and genuinely care for him. But I think it's one of those things where they've been arguing like this for so long. Mm-hmm. It's it's the standard. And so she okay. can't and she can't let this genuine love shine through. Now <coughs> Now, another thing I love about the play is um, every time they reference someone's age Uh or a year, it's way over-exaggerated, and I love that. Yeah. Uh, Every time – well, I mean, it's not the only thing they exaggerate, but, you know, it's like, you know, Martha's 150 years old. You know, (laughs) whatever. Her father's 300 years old. Yeah, and, you know – you know, with her, uh, you know, our three eyes as Martha's a cyclops, which I, I love that line also. Um, and, you know, well, uh, when I when I was reading up about it after I finished, yeah. I noticed that it was referred to as a black comedy drama. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't find that much funny. That funny. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think the first time you watch it. Because it is, it is supposed. Some of it is supposed to be funny. Like that cyclops line is really funny. Yeah. Right. Um, but what I <laughs> I do I, I really like that like offline. <laughs> but um, one of my favorite things George does, and it's so horrible, <laughs> is and he does it on purpose. I'm almost a hundred percent sure is to to keep the game going. He needs to get Nick alone, and he needs to get Nick to spill some beans. And he does. And Nick spills the hysterical pregnancy mm. thing, right? And, oh, my God, does that just exp- 
explode. That that was a that was a scene I really liked. Is you know they're at the roadhouse and he's like you know we played humiliate the host. How about we play hump the hostess? Yeah. Oh no, we'll save that for later. Yeah. Okay. How about we play get the guests and. Oh, dude, that's one of the parts where I was rubbing my face because I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, he's, he's, oh. Oh, no, he's going to bring it up. Because that was right after Martha brings up the Bergen thing. And, yeah, which, I mean, it's it's a brilliantly written play that, you know, we we go from, you know, I don't know, 30 minutes before that. We hear the story that, you know, he, he tells. This, yeah, this haunting story. Yeah, and then it turns out it's autobiographical and it's it's him and whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of a big blow of humiliation for George, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and he goes, all right, here we go. <laughs> you know? Well, and, and, and I love how after he does it, you know, my second novel about two couples from the Middle West um, and publicly embarrasses both Nick and Honey. Yeah. He sits down to Mar- he sits down next to Martha and goes, and that's how you play Get the Guests. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and dude, I actually stood up and I clapped. I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is. Essentially, it's a, it's a story about a, an older married, an older, quote unquote, you know, middle-aged married couple who are trying to one-up the other by creating the most chaos. Yeah. Right? And at that point... George was winning. Yeah. Well, and 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 that, and that's what leads to the 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 genuine argument you talk about at the car. Yeah. Because Martha, you know, I kind of understood it as she can dish it out, but she can't take it. Yeah. So as soon as she sees George dishing it, she's like, "Nope, no, you 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 change the rules." Yeah. And it's so, and we do kind of, I mean, it's hard, like I said, to figure out what's genuine, what's not. Yeah. You know, you could argue all of it's genuine um, because, yes, it's a game to them, but maybe they really are that angry, you know? Yeah. I, I also really love George's um, attitude for the final game. Mm-hmm. Final game when he comes home with the snapdragons, and he's, uh, I took it he was acting as a cartoon character, you know, when he kind of like kicks the the mantle, like oh shucks, Martha here, <laughs> you know. I was like, like he's acting almost like a cartoon character. Yeah, he is. It's like an over exaggerated version of of George at that point, mm-hmm. right? And For I, emphasis, and I, and, and I love that part too when he's when he's throwing the snapdragons at her. Yeah, and Nick's like, "Oh, for Christ's sake, shut up, stud! I'm not a stud. <laughs> shut well, up, your house boy." And he hits, hits him again. Shut up. Yeah, he is. Um, <laughs> now I will say that um, that Nick and Honey, uh, they're not innocent either. Oh, absolutely not. Like I mean, yes. They are subjects of this torture for hours and hours. But, but yeah. they... They're not the perfect couple. No. And they also sort of, you know... You know, Nick is always playing into the let's humiliate George with Martha. And and Honey is... Honey is embarrassing. I don't I don't like Honey at all. I think um, if I were Nick, I would be embarrassed of Honey. I could have sworn I read that... that- that actress did win the Academy Award as well. I mean, you can look it up. 
Sandy I mean, I Dennis. Will. I will look it up. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of Sandy Dennis. This is, I think, the best she's ever done. I think I've seen her in a few other things and, you know, unimpressed. But um, she was great in this. And I'd like to think that this, yes, she did. She did. The film won five awards, including uh, Best Actress for Elizabeth Taylor and Best Supporting Actress Sandy Davis. Uh, Richard Burton and George Siegel did not win in either of their categories. But it was, I think, the first time a movie was nominated for both actor and actress. Yeah, at the same time. Yeah, I haven't seen that since. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, uh, before that, uh, it didn't happen, right? Yeah. And then it would be years later before a movie would win the big five, and that was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest in 75. Right. So, um, Academy Award history aside, um, Sandy Dennis did all right. But, <laughs> and, uh, you know, she, she does play this sort of ditzy, lush, very well. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and then, you know, she's drunk on Brandy the rest of the movie, too. She is very drunk, yes. Uh, and she plays drunk very well because, uh, you know, I mean, she was the one that I was the most worried about, right? When yeah. you're watching the movie, you're like, man, she is drunk, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Someone should take her home, you know. Yeah, especially when Nick admits that she throws up a lot. Yeah, <laughs> she throws up a lot. Um, now... And she, obviously, and she is, so they do take the opposite one side, meaning that Nick is taking Martha's side, Honey is taking George's side, mm-hmm. right? And, well, and I and I noticed in the final, in the final game that George uh, takes advantage of Honey's st- mental state. Yes. To, for to, for his advantage. Yes, because he goes, didn't I eat it? I yeah, ate it, didn't yeah, I? Yes, you I did. I saw him do it. <laughs> like a good boy? Yeah, a very good boy. Oh, I did not like that line. That made me uncomfortable. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> what didn't? Um, <laughs> now, that was a sort of very over dramatic, sort of silly thing to say, too, which is, which mm-hmm. in and of itself is you know, sort of a shocking line. Like, well, what would you do with it? Well, I ate it. <laughs> you what? Yeah. You know? And, and it's like, that's so silly. But they, at that point, everyone's so drunk. It's like, I believe it. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. not so silly when you're, you know, and especially, Sober. well, it's not so silly when you're that drunk and you've been up for so long at this point the sun is almost up because um at the end of the the final crescendo um right before they leave it's dawn yeah you know uh they have been up for roughly four hours yeah because they came over at 2 30 2 30 uh, Let's say the sun rises at six, six, or, and they are in Connecticut. So I don't, uh, I don't know when the sunrise. So over. yeah, so six, six thirty. That'd be four hours, which means the party was six hours before that. If Nick had been drinking for ten hours, yeah, fuck, yeah, because so you know, two, one, twelve, eleven, ten, nine, eight. So they. It's been drinking since 8 p.m. Yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense when the party starts, too. Is, Jesus uh, a, Christ. 8 p.m. And, oh, my God. And Mike Nichols said this this old joke about uh, higher ed, which I agree, uh, by the way. with I do work in higher ed. And yeah. Quote, unquote, higher ed. But um, it's... <laughs> 
why do academics um it was why are academics so uh horrible manipulative and you know uh and competitive because the stakes couldn't be lower, you know, it's, and, you know, and so they took, they kind of took Edward Albee kind of took that idea and, and made it, made them academics. Um, and it sort of fits. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and that was another thing I kind of, I really liked is that, um, you know, he, George works, in no, he works for the history department, but Martha says he works in the history department. Yeah, because uh, he's not the history department uh, because he should be running the history department. And he doesn't, and mm. she's always constantly throwing that in his face. That he does. He's he's this. He's ex old, right? Is this old, hi- and he doesn't run the history department. And you know, Nick is in the biology department. Oh, and dude, but not oh the my math God. department. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah. like, dude, that when George is like, "So you're you're in the math department, correct?" No. What now? No, I'm I'm not. Okay, and then he moves on, and then he does it. He again. says it again. Yeah. So you're in the math department? No, <laughs> I'm in I'm in the biology department. Oh. And I was and I was just like, oh my god! And you know, that's when you're kind of getting the sense that um, that George is really fucking with Nick already. Yeah, because <laughs> because after that, there's a lot of really sort of snarky dialogue that George gives uh, to Nick, undeservedly. You know, <laughs> they just met. Yeah, and so that's when you're kind of getting the sense that you know. To them, to to George and Martha, this is just a a chance for them to see how awful they can be to these people. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, God. These unsuspecting people. So I want to ask you. Now, I can't remember how it was going to go. But what was Nick going to ask them at the end of the movie? he He was starting in with a question. And then George just says, good night. And then he says goodnight back, and then they leave. He was probably because um, because Nick has those has that repetitive line that I think I understand it. Mm-hmm. Meaning, I think I you guys you guys lied about this kid. You know what I mean? Why would you do that? And he was probably going to ask why. You know, mm-hmm. and George don't want to answer that. He didn't even want them to know about it, and no. so. Um, well, of course, by that point, I think George had the state of, I won. I won. Get out. Get out. <laughs> yeah. I need to comfort my wife now. Yeah. Which he does. He does. I was like, wow. Which, again, is a testament to they actually do love each other. And it's and it's such an interesting relationship that they have. Yeah. It's and it was and it's and, you know, and I've I haven't had. Fights like that with Ashley, but I, you know, we've had. Could you imagine, uh, dude? Fuck, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, but, but we've had those. You know, we've had fights, and I can tell a post-fight conversation because mm-hmm. it's very one-worded. It's very short. Are you tired? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, is it over? Yes. And are you okay? Yes. No. I don't know. And I was just like, oh, yeah. And fuck. then he starts singing. 
you know, um, the Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. And that's when she goes, I am. I am afraid of Virginia Woolf. And, and, you know, it's like, oh, man. Um, It's sort of like her saying uncle, right? Mm -hmm. You won. You know, and and like I said, I don't, I don't think there's there's any winners in this. No, there's you know. not. Um, and it's almost like you would imagine how many times they've done this, mm-hmm. right? I would, I would say that, you know, in in this um, in this canon or canon, this universe that they created, um, George has never won. Oh, okay. I could, I could make, I could see that. And now that he has, he's like, oh shit. Yeah, he and doesn't even, know what to do now. And even, even Martha's like, oh my god. Yeah. And it's, it's this. All, all that's left to do is heal, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But I could be way off. I mean, I don't know. And you know, that's the sort of, you know, this is such a strange example of a relationship that we're looking at that we don't know, you know, like mm-hmm. no one acts like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, and you could argue that because their age, because they never had children, but they wanted to, but they couldn't. Um, and the fact that they stayed together too, which is another example of how much they actually do care for one another. Um, they do this ever so often just to maintain some sort of excitement or drama mm. or whatever. Right. Right. That could be an argument of that as well. I mean, again, this this is a lot more complex than the synopsis would let you believe. Yeah. I, I tried to watch the trailer. Um, Trailers back then were weird. Yeah, it was really weird. It was like, see, you know, the professor. His, and I was like... Oh God! It's one. Of, I was like, turn it off. Yeah, like, and, I'll just yeah. Watch the trailers movie. back then were weird, and before the before even then, trailers were you know like four minutes long. They were really long. Yeah, uh, showing almost full clips, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, why are you doing? Giving the whole plot away, pretty much. And and nowadays, when when that happens in trailers, people are like, <laughs> giving the plot away. Oh yeah, no. I usually if it's a movie I really want to see, I don't do anything. I, I was telling someone today because they asked not today, yesterday. They, I was talking telling someone yesterday because they asked me if I saw Black Christmas, and I was like, which one? Now the there's new, three. The new one. <laughs> oh. I was like, no, because I'm a, a chump. <laughs> I was like, and plus they gave away the entire movie in the trailer. Yeah, which they did. Like they they oh, blatantly give away that it's the the fraternity doing this. I think it's so strange that they they did another one. There's three now, which is very Wasn't strange. Wasn't there one just called Black they but they branded it as Black Xmas? Yes. That was the second one. See, I remember that one. Isn't Lindsay Lohan in that one? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. But anyway, okay, I'm glad um, she's dead. So, and I think I had mentioned this off mic, uh, but not on mic. And so, same with the black and white mm-hmm. that uh, Mike Nichols really had to fight for the black and white. Like, um, Mel, like Mel Brooks had to fight for black and yes, white? Yes, because they're just like, no, man, we need to do it in color. People go see colored pictures. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And he's like, no, you'd be able to tell her makeup, her wig. You know, she's 32. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, the black and white will help soften that and you won't be able to tell. Um, another thing was with the editing that... 
Um, for this movie to work, you would need to have overlapping dialogue. Right. You need them to talk over each other at the same time. Which right? they do. Which Constantly. They do. It's, it is the essence of the story, right? Especially during that final scene when when Martha's talking about their son and uh, George is reading in Latin. Latin, yes. Oh, my God. That was oh, driving me that crazy. Was so, yes. And that's – yeah. It's chaos. So – but a very strange sort of chaos with him speaking in this, you know, very soft Latin and, and her – you know, speaking very, again, softly and sweetly about this son that doesn't exist. Well, and, well, and her volume is rising as well because yeah. she knows she's ha- having to talk over him. Yes. And most editors back then, and he would ask editors when he was getting started, he goes, well, can we do overlapping dialogue? And they would just say, no, we can't do that. He goes, well, then we can't do the movie, you idiot. <laughs> you know, yeah. you have to be able to talk over each other for this to work. And I forgot the editor's name, but – um uh, he went to him and was like, can we do overlapping dialogue? He goes, of course. <laughs> you know. You're yeah. hired. He goes, great. Let's do it right now. You know, because. <laughs> Pay you $10 an hour, Sonny. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, he was just like, oh, thank God. You know, because it, it, it could be done. It's just no one wanted to work that hard. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think it would have been as powerful if it had been like Elizabeth Taylor, dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. Richard. Stop. Richard, dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. I don't think it would have been as powerful. No, of course not. You know, it's like going to see Uncut Gems and everyone talks one at a time. You can't do that. Uh, good time either. Um, everyone has to be talking at the same time for the movie to work, right? It's, it's not like Jeff Dunham. I you cannot talk at the same time. I do not like Jeff Dunham. <laughs> uh, he is an abomination. <laughs> To stand-up comedy and to ventriloquism. Um, now, I love Jeff Gold. I love, I love him. Gross. Um, My dad's seen him live. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, Rain. Yes. Did you like the movie? Oh, I loved it. Okay. Um, you know, I went in. Uh, you know, I, I took what you said. That's going to make me uncomfortable. Yeah. I was like, all right. I should have told you it was going to raise your heart rate is what I should have told you. Uh, I felt more uncomfortable. Okay, good. More uncomfortable than I did with Bug, which yeah. is crazy because the whole time I was watching. Because he ripped his tooth out. And yeah. You're, that's really uncomfortable, but this but, is a different kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. It, it's an uncomfortable when – I'll give you an example. I work in retail. It makes me uncomfortable when – I'm watching a grown man behave like a child because mm-hmm. he's not getting what he wants. Oh, that's interesting. So, per, like, I remember this vividly. I will always bring this up. And I'll also make fun of this guy, but in the moment it was making me uncomfortable because I didn't know what he was going to do. He was, being, he was being very unpredictable. He was trying to return a TV from what I understand, and he was two weeks, I believe, past his return policy. Uh, and Best Buy has a two-week return policy. Yeah. So he had already had this TV for four weeks. Okay. And they're like, so, and it was broken oh. or something like that. And they wouldn't, and Best Buy has very strict policies and they wouldn't take it. And instead of taking it and understanding that was his fucking fault, yeah. uh, he yells at the top of his lungs in a store with other customers this is fucking bullshit don't ever fucking buy a thing from Best Buy ever again and as he's marching towards the door I don't know if you've been in the uh, Best Buy in Odessa 
often, but there's yellow hand carts right next to the uh, mm-hmm. asset protection desk, and he knocks a whole tower down and storms out of the store. Wow. So in the moment, I was, very un- I was feeling very uncomfortable because mm-hmm. he was being very unpredictable. I didn't know what he was going to do. Yeah. You know, and I'm standing up at the front of the store, so I'm like, oh, shit, I hope he... You know, I hope I don't get a brunt of this. Yeah. But it's sort of after he left, I was like, wow, what a fucking child. Yeah. Um, and that was the kind of uncomfortable that this movie made me. It's mm-hmm. like I felt that I didn't know what was going to happen. Both of them were being very unprotectable. That is that is a really good point that, I mean, they're not acting like adults. Yeah. Right. Not Not in the traditional sense. Right. You know. You know, rational thinking adults. Mm-hmm. You know, in a... Adult relationship. Right. Uh, they, yeah, I, I can completely agree with and that. And so, like, when I was texting Ashley, she was like, oh, well, I'm sorry that movie's making you uncomfortable. I was like, well, it's actually really good. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's the that's the weird thing. It's really good. Yeah. But it's making me so uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, and that's its power, you know, that um, the dialogue is so engrossing that you're it's you don't you can't look away it's, mm. it's one of those right yeah. where it's like oh my god i want to crawl out of my skin now, but i can't unlike last week when i said that you know i did i did appreciate bug especially after we talked about it mm-hmm. um and i said i probably won't watch it again i would probably watch this again okay cool yeah um because it, it is really good and i would actually like a second viewing to actually analyze everything. Yeah. You know, because I took... Obviously, this wasn't the first time I saw it. You know, it, so. I took a, a semester of psychology, so, you know, I understand the world, you know. <laughs> uh, but no, like, to really analyze he it... He says to someone who has their back. <laughs> Go ahead. I was quoting American Dad. Oh, cause, yeah. Because yeah, Haley says that. You know, I took a... You know, because uh, he's like, oh, how's that one semester of psychology? Oh, you know, I'm basically uh, understand yeah, the world. I, I understand everything, so not a um, <laughs> <laughs> But no, like, I really want to analyze it a little deeper, you know, and like, like maybe put myself and Ashley in that situation. Like, you know, like what would get us to that point, you know, like, or maybe not even that way. I don't know. It would just, I would like a second viewing to really like visualize and and pay attention yeah uh and again like when i was younger uh and i saw the movie it was part of the i think it was the same year i saw american beauty because it was the it was the turner classic movie um, i remember turner classic movies the uh oscar month where they just play oscar nominated oscar winning films no matter the year right uh, turner classic movies still a thing oh yeah of course yeah tcm of course well, I don't have cable, so. Oh uh, yes, Turner Classic Movies <laughs> is still a channel. In fact, I have thought about going to uh, intern for them. They do have a paid summer internship. Really? That you can go in Hollywood. It's in uh, Atlanta. That's where they're. That's <gasps> where Turner Classic Movies is. That's fake. Atlanta, Georgia. So, anyway, um, R. If, R. They don't get to, if they don't let you on the set of Atlanta, fake news. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things are actually filmed in Atlanta, um, but anyway. Yeah, so like yes, uh, that was movie. that was during that time, and I was just too young to get it. Um, and I mean, you could argue I'm still too young now, but especially the kid stuff. The kid stuff because I was looking for some sort of um, Twilight Zonian thing. Uh, okay, that I was like, did he just like kill this kid with his mind? Like, what's going on? You know, it was so dumb. And I, you know, I. 
as soon as Honey mentions it, mm-hmm. like, oh, Martha told me it's your son's birthday, and George visibly gets angry yeah. or upset, I immediately was like, oh, their son's dead. Yeah. And, you know, that's a rational thing to think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then it's in the line where she says, you can't kill him. That's when I was like, oh, there's no son. Oh, there is. Yeah, there is no son. Um, well, and especially when they – and there's more evidence, too, when when – Way before that, when when George is like, oh, yeah, you know, our blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy. No, he has green eyes. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, do y'all not know what your son's fucking eyes look like? And then, well, you know, and the, but that was them saying very early on, there's no son. It's because uh, her father has green eyes, and he goes, no, he has red, red eyes. eyes. Like, oh, he's a mouse. Because he's a mouse. <laughs> Which again, over exaggeration. It's uh, it's too much fun. Um, it's it's almost as good as a Cyclops line. <laughs> and he's like, and he's two, and he's three hundred years old. You know, With three eyes because Martha's a Cyclops. Because Martha's a Cyclops, uh, <laughs> dude. And that's some that's some shade throwing of like twenty nineteen standards. I know it's really in nineteen sixty six, bro. Yeah, it's great. And I don't know how old the play is. Um, it was in sixty four because I, I oh, just thanks. looked it up. Um, no, sixty two. I'm sorry, sixty two. And Edward Albee got the the title from Bathroom Graffiti. Really? Yeah. That seems like a very 1960s thing to graffiti in the bathroom. Who's afraid of Virginia Wolf? Yeah, instead yeah. of who's afraid of the big bad wolf. Yeah. Uh, and I was I was expecting her to sing it in that sing songy, but, but instead oh. she did um, the mulberry bush. That's what it sounded like. Uh, it didn't sound like um, like who's afraid of Virginia Wolf. Yeah. It was more like um, who's afraid of Virginia Wolf, which is not the same. Uh, it's a little off. Yeah. Um, I, I do sing it with the Big Bad Wolf theme, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was um, it was great. Just, God. I was like, Jesus Christ. Either these people really love each other or they really hate each other. And you could argue for both and yeah. you'd both be right. Um, because I do think it, it you know, they, they love each other. They want each other to be better, but they don't mind being awful to one another. Right. Again, they're trying. It's that old bully excuse. I'm just trying to toughen you up. Yeah. They're trying to toughen the other one up. Um, of course, um, Martha is really trying to toughen up George. George. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, but then, you know, she turns around. It, it's, again, it's a roller coaster ride because it, then she defends him to Nick and. Yeah, because, you know, because you know, when Nick says, you know, is anyone good enough for you? Yeah. And she's like, well, there's only been one man. Yeah. George. He's like, like, like George? She's like, yes. And, uh, I know. I know. This movie is so great. Um, we should have ended with it, but we're not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which brings me, uh, since this is the the finale. The finale. Would you like to give a tease? Also, because I haven't seen this movie, so I can't really oh, give a tease. Oh, great. Um, so Hence why I told you I wanted to do that one. Okay, great. So uh, I had given him the choice uh, to either do Alfred Hitchcock's Rope. Uh, oh, that was right. Uh, and he was like, no, I want to do the other one. And, of course, the other one is 12 Angry Men. So next week we will be discussing 12 Angry Men. And I'm very – it's a it's a high school classic. Um, uh, Ashley's paw asked me f- 
if we were going to watch the old and the new and then compare. Uh, I was like, no, we'll probably just watch the old one. Yeah, I, the, the only one I own is the Henry Fonda one and the Jack Clubman one. So, I mean, it's it's the 50s one, sorry. Now, I understand the basic plot mm-hmm. is that these men are jurors. Yes. And they're deliberating. Yes. And... That's why I know it's a play because it all happens in the the yes the jury room yes which I right. actually have been in one oh and then uh, I've never been this is true I've never done jury duty uh oh, you better knock on wood bro yeah it's fine uh, I wouldn't mind eight of them will show up I know no I yeah I got picked to be on a jury which I hated because <laughs> then so I was like well do you get to dress up. No. Oh. I barely got to be in, like, a nice button-up. Oh. And then, literally, we, we all get picked. We listen to what the trial's about. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about the trial. It wasn't a murder trial. It wasn't even that serious of a trial. It was, like, uh, like theft of some sort. Oh, yeah. No, this, in 12 Angry Men, it's a murder trial, and yeah. that's the Cadillac of trials. That's the one you want, right? Yeah. You want an exciting one like that. Well, and then, like, they, they so... We break for recess. We come back, and then the defense attorney is like, "We're missing a key witness. We'd like to call for a mistrial." And ooh, bro, I was already steaming because I don't. One could say, you know, jury duty. You can get out of work. Yeah. Well, I see it the other way around. Jury duty is keeping me from work. Yes, I, I would agree with that too. And um, so that would drive me crazy. Um, I was already pissed that I was having to miss two days of work. And they don't pay you that well. And yeah, they didn't pay you shit yeah. for your civil your civil duty <laughs> quotes. And when they did that, I literally almost wanted to stand up and be like, "No, we're doing this fucking thing now." Just say you're a neo Nazi and don't have to go. You know <sighs> what I mean? I guess you like your hair too much. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, so next week is Twelve Angry Men, and I I'm gonna say that yes, the episode will be about Twelve Angry Men, but I think we're gonna end with a sort of conclusion and a sort of wrap up, um, and uh, discussing all the films we talked about. Yes, and uh, we will also have a very special announcement oh, in the finale. Very exciting. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Great. So we will see you in the finale. In the finale. <laughs>